Resonate is a community that loves like Jesus, and we want you to experience that with us together. I want to encourage you to tune into this online broadcast each and every week or attend our weekly gathering in Sherwood at 10 a.m. You also can join in one of our community groups that meet during the week, either here at the church building or in our homes. So to find out more about our community or to give to our ministry financially, please visit our website at resonatelife.org. So today's sermon topic is focused on the spiritual discipline of fasting. Fasting is one of those mystery disciplines. I believe that most people have a misunderstanding of it. And honestly, after studying for this sermon, I would come right out and say, I have had a misunderstanding of it as well. So you might be saying right now, I have no clue what fasting is or what it is for. And you are in good company because I believe probably 99% of people just in community, in the church, really don't have an understanding of fasting. And that's okay, because I believe that there's a biblical understanding that we're going to figure out today together, and I want to share it with you. Maybe you're the one that understands it. Maybe you have it all dialed in and you practice it. That is praiseworthy, and let this be a refresher course for you. So fasting is a spiritual discipline that involves going without food for a period of time. And this is the biblical definition. The rest of going without is called abstaining and not fasting. So if you go without other things, if you go without like spending on this or going here or going there, you're going without, that's called abstaining. Fasting specifically has to do with food. So I want to leave the definition right there for a while because the reason for fasting is the element that is often misunderstood. So one of the facts that we need to realize is that fasting has been a part of our culture for millennia, for a very long time. People have fasted for eons of time uh, for different reasons. And what is cool about fasting, first and foremost, is fasting is a companion to prayer. And we've talked in the past about prayer before as a discipline, but fasting is also a discipline that is coupled with prayer. Fasting is not done without the very act of community with God. It's done in unity with our Savior. So we also know that fasting is supposed to produce results, and there is a result that comes from it. And this is where I'm going to bring up an interesting point. I have fasted on a number of occasions in my Christian life in a very serious way. And one of the most memorable times was when I started to date Amanda. Amanda suggested that we fasted in order for God to speak to us about our relationship. So now, of course, the answer was for me already yes, but in order to get the reciprocal yes from her, I agreed to go without food. Although before that, I'd never had skipped lunch, right? So we fasted over our relationship. We also fasted over our adoption of Nataya and also our adoption um, uh, season, like during that season of adoption. Amanda and I fasted over opening the first symposium and opening the second symposium. The major things in our life, we have taken the time to fast. There have been times that we have done this. Now, the memory of all things and the sensitivity to that, I believe that all of this was very important to my walk 
and important to where I was at the moment. And each time I fasted, the act itself was done in a way in which I understood the Bible to teach on fasting and what the common Christian would say about fasting. And that is this, we are to fast to become more focused on God and to hear his voice, to receive answers and to be spiritually aligned to his will. Well, I would say that that, all of that, that I just said, that, that, act of fasting or that definition, the act of fasting is very important. Yet it's not the biblical understanding of fasting. It actually comes from this thinking where we believe that God will love us if we change. Yet God loves us so that we can change. And there's a huge difference between this way of thinking and what the Bible actually teaches. The old way of thinking, we'll call that, is very self-focused. I want answers. I'm answer-seeking. And if I fast to do away with something, then God will bless. God will answer my prayer. God will give to me. God will change me. God will love me more. Well, the Bible teaches in the Psalm where David is grieving, and he writes this in Psalm 35. But I, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with my head bowed on my chest. I went about as though I grieved for my friend or my brother. As one who laments his mother, I bowed down in mourning. So the Bible gives me an example here of fasting, not as a penitent act or an act of supplication or I want something, right? But as an act of response. So this gets the wheels turning a bit. And I ask the question, when, when do I respond to life through the giving up of food? When do I abstain from food as a response? Just naturally when I think about it. Well, I can tell you exactly when I abstain from food. It's when I grieve or when I'm stunned. I'm just taken back. I'm sick to my stomach over what is happening, right? So when I'm stunned with life, I go without food. When I'm grieved, I go without food. So for example, when somebody super close to me dies or when I hear about a death or a complete loss, when somebody is going through complete loss, I don't feel like eating, taking them out to lunch and sitting there with them and while I'm, I'm, I'm shaken up and maybe my world is even turned upside down. I'm not, I'm not reaching for a hamburger, right? So if I took all the verses in the Bible and I lined them up and showed you all the passages that alluded to or talked directly about fasting, we would find this that fasting is more of the natural response. But one step farther, it's a natural response to a grievous sacred moment. It's not an act of contrition. It's not penitence. It's, it's not even maybe bringing a chance or trying to get answers or getting close to God. It's choosing not to eat or drink and how, that, and how we naturally respond to a grievous sacred moment. That is, what fa that is the natural response in fasting. Does fasting bring results? Yes, but that is not the point or even the reason to fast. Fasting is not some manipulative tool that guarantees results or an instrument desired to channel God into our life. The focus in the Christian biblical life is not this. If I fast, I will get blank. But it's this. When this happens, God's people fast. There's a big difference. If I fast, I get this. No. When this happens, this event happens, when something occurs, I then fast. 
So fasting is not only an individual response, but it's also a community response. It's done as a collective response to a situation. So first, a grievous sacred moment happens. Second, then a response of fasting is initiated, and then a result is granted. So never in scripture does it teach that we are to fast to gain something, that we are to fast to gain God's understanding of self or to get the some things in my life, or even to hear his voice or be spiritually more focused, right? Fasting is a response to an event or something occurring. It's a discipline that we perform, and God asks us to respond in this way, and then he responds in those moments to us. So here's a simple yet complex difference. I have a problem, so I go to the Lord in fasting to gain a greater understanding of the problem and how God wants me to deal with it. This is the common understanding and the way most people treat fasting. This is where fasting's the instrument. We pull it out of our back pocket when we need our needs fulfilled. Well, the biblical understanding is an event happens and God's people respond in fasting. This is where fasting becomes the discipline. It becomes the unifying community discipline amongst God's people. So what I read is this, death, sin, fear, threat, sickness, all lend themselves to fasting as a response. And this act and discipline already assumes that we are united and growing in our relationship with God through meditation, prayer, and communion with Jesus. So Ezra 10.6 says this, Then Ezra withdrew from before the house of God and went to the chamber of Jehohanan, the son of Eliashib, where he spent the night neither eating bread nor drinking water, for he was mourning over the faithlessness of the exiles. So the biggest challenge is to get from this point A to point B, no point B to point C, to get from event happening to fasting versus fasting to get a result. So I would say that according to the Bible, fasting is the response to sacred grieving most of the time. So since we're created in the image of God, as the Bible teaches in Genesis, we see this idea of image as a representation of God on earth and governing this world for God. So this is why we are commanded to be ministers of reconciliation, to be stewards and engage in relationships with God's self, others, and the earth. So with this image of God, there is a multifaceted unity of heart, mind, soul, spirit, and body. And I believe that they're all interconnected, where our heart speaks to our mind, our mind speaks to our soul, our soul speaks to our spirit, our spirit speaks to our body, our body speaks to our heart, our spirit speaks to our body, our soul speaks to our, our, our mind, and, and it all is interconnected. So in scripture, I see that what makes us human and a human being is this unified treatment of the spiritual and the physical, that we have a soul, the nefesh, and we have the flesh, the basar, that we have a spirit, the ruach, that we have a heart, a body, and a mind, and a will, all together making us human. And so fasting from the physical affects the spiritual. When we go without food, it 
in a sense, realigns our mind, body, and spirit. It does focus us and bring a sense of health to the others. So this is why God wants us to be a people that fast. But yet, since we see ourselves as maybe like we don't, we see down on ourselves. So we see ourselves as a monster or we think too highly of ourselves, or we see ourselves as a celebrity, or we're too needy, like the cornucopia that needs to be filled, or something that we have low self-esteem, so we just think that we need to be ignored, that we're a nothing. So we treat the spiritual discipline of fasting as a tool to fix ourselves in our sin, in our low self-concepts, in our struggles. We try to answer our questions that we may have in situations. So our bodies basically are the physical reminder of what we are made to do, to love God and to love others. So fasting is that response to that which affects us as a community, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. So Romans 12 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So Paul is not saying here that we are to just go talk to people about Jesus, right? He is saying that we are to fast and grieve with God about people who don't know Jesus, feel what God feels, and then go talk to people about Jesus. I don't believe that many of us do that in that order. That I believe that when we approach people, we just approach people. We're not necessarily thinking about what God feels about that person or what God is maybe grieving about that person or what God is loving about that person. So we go to people with judgment, with criticism, with preconceived notions, and we try to establish a relationship and even talk to people about Jesus in that context. Yet if we would fast, we would pray, we would think deeply, we would align ourselves and become empathetic to the way that God feels about people, and then go talk to people, possibly our relationships would be much different. So what is my motivation to do this? Why would I go without food? Well, I would say that in and of itself, without solid reasoning, fasting seems silly and pointless. Yet we must realize that at the very core of fasting is this empathy with God and participation in God's point of view. When someone is sick, God is thinking about that feeling that, grieving over that. When somebody dies, same thing. Somebody in sin, same thing. When God loves somebody in their situation, maybe we need to come to an understanding of their situation as well through fasting. When a nation is threatened, God is grieved. Maybe we need to come to understanding through fasting. Fasting identifies with God's perspective and grief for the event or the moment It empowers us to empathize with God. It actually helps us take on the emotions of God in an event. So Isaiah 58, cry aloud. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgressions through the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask, me, ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. 
Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all of your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with, the, with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? What you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall bring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desires in the scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. If you turn your back, your foot from the, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It's a beautiful poetic idea that if we turn our ways towards the Lord and if we change our mind about our fast, that if we align our, our lives and become empathetic towards the way that God feels and grieves over people and loves people in a way and is generous to people and forgives people in such a way, that I believe that God tells us there that we will be blessed, that we will see results from this, but yet our minds need to change about fasting. Let me go back. That was a difficult portion. End of scripture. Isaiah was surrounded by people who fasted instrumentally. They wanted to know God and to worship him more intensely. Isaiah summoned his audience here to see that genuine fasting was a response to injustice, not some magical manipulation. How, how relevant is that today? I think about COVID-19, the injustices of the world, the things that are happening in foreign lands and, and just our anger as a nation or our division as a people, maybe, just maybe, a genuine fast 
in response to injustice. A genuine fast in response to people's division. A genuine fast towards death and loss because of, let's say, the Delta variant of COVID-19. Not some magical manipulation to gain answers from God, but a response in the, in the sacred grieving moment to learn to empathize with the way that God feels and how God loves his people. Studying Elijah and Daniel and Jesus and Paul, you will find that fasting is a response. And I believe that biblical fasting is right here because of the sacred moment the human being chooses to not eat for a period of time to focus on the sacred grief of God. That is the response. That is the response. So what are we to fast over? One of the common responses in fasting is the repentance of sin. God asks us to turn our bodies towards him. And so when we are indulged in sin, the response needs to be fasting. I read in Joel 2, it says, Return to the Lord, yet even now, declares the Lord. Return to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with, with mourning. And rend your, render your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly. So some of you know the story maybe of, of Paul and the conversion story. Paul is a figure in the Bible and an evangelist to the known world, yet before he was a believer, he was on this road to Damascus and he saw the Lord. So in Acts 9, but Saul, still breathing threats and murders and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him to, by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So during this conversion, we see that Paul fasted. During the conviction of sin or the conversion in realizing that Jesus is the way, he fasted. So there's this biblical account of going without food. So fasting is the body turning from sin to faithful devotion to God. It is not just talk, it's the organic unity of the whole person responding in faith to the sacred moment of sin, repentance, conversion, forgiveness, and healing, just like in Paul's life. So whether it be the failure of someone else like Judges 19 through 20, when the Levite cut up the dead woman into 12 pieces, sent her back into the 12 tribes of Israel, and in 1930, it says that they asked what to do, and they went back to Bethel weeping and sitting before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening. They, they grieved. Moses has a body plea in Deuteronomy 9, where he's so serious about his obligation to intercede 
He was so fired up by God's absolute holiness that he lay prostrate before the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights fasting. Hannah's plea before God in 1 Samuel 1 is a response to barrenness. So everywhere in Scripture, it is a response to a grieving sacred moment. Even to go farther and say, ultimately, it is grieving and yearning for people to know God. So in Acts 13, Acts 14, we see where people are being sent out to the, for the gospel into the world and reaching people for Christ, grieving over people who don't know Jesus, and they, they fasted, they worshiped the Lord and, and fasted, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to him. Leaders in the church were being raised to oversee spiritual guidance and leadership of the church, and what did they do? They fasted, and, and they were strengthened in their souls. They were discipled in such a way because they, they fasted, and they prayed, and they committed to the Lord their leadership and their oversight of these bodies. So to use it as a channeling tool to conquer some desire or to gain something or to get something, we've missed the mark. We've missed the mark. It is truly a response. As I see all the way through the Bible, like I just walked you through, it's truly a response to align ourselves empathetically to God's grief or God's feeling of love towards people maybe that have walked away or don't know who God is. So in the early church, they, they would practice things called the stationary fast. This was on Wednesday and Friday, and each week they would fast from food in response or remembrance of the sacred, sacredness of the church life and the sacredness of the holy life. So in Romans 12, it actually comes to life here that we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Every week, they had a fast in mind. And when, when Paul wrote Romans 12, he would have had that, that fast in mind where he said, we offer our body in this sacred rhythm of a fast. So Christians would fast before communion. Christians would fast before baptism. Christian would, Christians would fast before events like Lent or Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, they would fast. So remember that this is a response. Each one of these, I can tell you, has turned basically into an act of answer giving. Each one of those examples that I gave you is reinterpreted into getting an answer versus a response to the sacred grieving of God. So how do we fast? Well, we go without food. In our overindulgence, obese society, this might do us some good is to go without food every once in a while. I would encourage you not to do something dumb. Research your own body. Make sure your body can handle physically going without food. Be responsible with it. Yet create that space for God to respond to what God grieves in, to feel what God feels and perceive what God believes about grief. And in the prayer of St. August, Augustine, it says, you have, have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless till it finds rest in you. You stir us up to take delight in your praise. So allow fasting to result in praise, that that praise can take on many forms. The praise expressed in the tangible justice for the poor. Take the money or the food that you have, would have eaten and give it away towards the unsheltered of those that are in need. The praise expressed in the tangible expression of repentance and change, not just changing our own sin, but, but celebrating the change that other people are experiencing, the transformation of their life and their mind and their heart. 
Fasting is what happens to the unified person who encounters the moment so sacred, death, consciousness of sin, a need to stand before God's presence, grief for the loss, lost, maybe just this season of division. We simply can't eat. The moment is too sacred to indulge in food or pleasure. It's the natural response of a person to a grievous, sacred moment in life. And I pray that you would practice such things. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for just this biblical understanding of fasting. Help us to implement this into our life as a rhythm, as a response. Lord, going without food. Lord, just sitting before you, praying before you. Lord, learning to empathize where you empathize. Love where you love. Grieve where you grieve. Lord, help us to become more like you in this way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.